0: Twenty nine twelve. 12 then you will call on me and come and pray to me and i will listen to you we have a god who sits on a throne that listens to our every prayer to every call that we make and so whenever you might feel like whatever is on your heart is not worthy or is insufficient god already knows that he's listening and he cares about you what do we do now have you ever asked yourself that question before What now? Maybe you're on vacation and you had something planned and you have some extra time. Well, what now? Or maybe your situation changes and what do we do now? Maybe a bill comes in the mail that you weren't prepared for. (laughs) What do I do now? Maybe somebody treats you absolutely horribly. Well, what do I do now? That's a question that I think we ask ourselves a lot, whether we realize it or not. And there's actually, there's a story of a, a new preacher. He came Uh, was hired at this little country church, probably like a tenth of the size of the chapel. There were probably 25 people at this church. And and this is his first Sunday. And he comes in, and he's all dressed up and ready to go. And only one person comes to church that morning. And so the preacher looks over at at this little old man and says, Well, sir, you're the only one that's come to church today. Would you like me to preach? Or you want to go home? And the man was a little old farmer in bib overalls. He says, well, sir, I ain't no preacher. I'm just a little old farmer. But if I had a truckload of hay, and I went to the pasture, and only one cow showed up, I'd feed that cow. Right? And so the pastor all of a sudden gets all of this energy and he is, he's pumped up by the words of wisdom that were just given to him by this farmer. And he is excited about this. And so he grabs his notes and, he, yeah, that farmer's right. And he puts his notes down and he begins to preach. The only problem was he didn't stick to his notes. He taught everything he'd ever learned. And he started to make things up because he had to preach and he had to get his message across. And two hours later, he finishes. Two hours. We have an hour and 55 minutes left. <laughs> but at the, end, at the end, he looks at this little farmer and he says, Sir, what would you think of my first sermon at your church? And the little old farmer stands up and says, Well, sir, I ain't no preacher. I'm just the little old farmer. And if I had a truckload of hay, and I went out to the pasture, and only one cow showed up, I wouldn't dump a whole truckload of hay on that one cow. <laughs> what do we do now? Sometimes we're faced with decisions like that. What now? What do we do now? <clears throat> this morning, we're going to look at what Elisha does when he's placed in a what now situation. Let's open to a word of prayer this morning. Gracious God, you are awesome. God, we are so thankful. For your word, We're thankful, Father, that we don't have to try and create truth because you've given us truth. Father, we are so thankful for the sacrifice of Jesus on Calvary, Father. Lord, this morning I ask that it's your words that are spoken. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. Um, now the Israelites remembered Elisha as a very extraordinary man. God had done a lot of things through Elisha. He'd actually served the northern kingdom of Israel during Jehu's bloody revolution um, against the house of Ahab and Baal worshipped it. But Israel had been weakened by this internal turmoil that had been going on in the nation of Israel. And what had happened is their neighbor, Syria or Aram, had begun to invade Israel. They'd begun to send parties in to to, um, make raids And Elisha remained at the center of all of these events. Verse 8. We're going to read through and then we'll we'll come back. Now the king of Aram was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. The man of God sent word to the king of Israel, beware of the passing of that place Because the Aramians are going down there, or the Syrians. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. And time again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. this enraged the king of Aram. He had summoned his officers and demanded of them, Tell me which one of us is on the side of the king of Israel. None of us, my lord the king, said one of his officers. But Elisha the prophet who was in Israel tells the king of Israel... The very words that you speak in your bedroom. Go out and find where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men to capture him. And the report came back. He's in Dauphin. So he sent, then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and they surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw all of the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. As the enemy came down toward him, Elisha prayed, Lord, strike this army with blindness. So he struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Elisha told them, this is not the road, and this is not the city. Follow me, and I will lead you to the man that you are looking for. And he led them to Samaria. After they had entered the city, Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men so they can see. Then the Lord opened their eyes, and they looked, and they were inside Samaria. When the king of Israel saw them, he asked Elisha, shall I kill them, my father? Shall I kill them? Do not kill them, he answered. Would you kill those that you have captured with your own sword and bow? Set food and water before them so they may eat and drink and go back to their master. So he prepared a great feast for them and after they had finished eating and drinking, he sent them on their way and they returned to their master. So the bands from Aram stopped raiding Israel's territory. This is a pretty popular story in the Bible. Um, And it's amazing to see. It shows us a couple of things, I believe. It shows us the power, a great power of God. And oftentimes we find ourselves... Did I just do that? Oh, you did it. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I'm just making sure I'm not hitting buttons I'm not aware of. Um, I think the first thing that this story shows us is a spiritual blindness that exists. A spiritual blindness that exists. And if you remember back, the servant of Elisha wakes up. He walks outside and looks out, and he sees a city surrounded by his enemies. He was faced with certain death in his own mind. There was no way out of this. You're surrounded. What are you supposed to do? But he couldn't see what was really going on, could he? I believe we live in a world of spiritual blindness. Christians and non-Christians alike. Helen Keller said this, I have walked with people whose eyes are full of light, but who see nothing. They see nothing in the woods or the sky, nothing in sports, nothing on the street. Their soul's voyage through this enchanted world is a barren waste. The Bible says in 2 Timothy... Can we go to the next slide? I don't know, I think I lost it here. Thank you. Um... Said, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud. They will scoff at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends and be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious. But they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. The Bible talks about Satan as the father of lies. He disguises himself as an angel of light. And Satan loves to deceive and make things that are bad seem to be good. And don't we see that in the world we live in today? People who are willing to stand up for something but not for something else. You know. And I'm not making a political statement this morning in saying this. I want to I be very clear. But there are, there are legislators who will go and will sit down on the floor of the building in D.C. that they're in to try and get more restrictions on gun control, but will do nothing about the 1.2 million babies that are aborted each year in the United States of America. Right? Within the realm of social justice, oftentimes things are pushed that are simple. There's a spiritual blindness that exists in the world today. But we see it's not only with, with those, who are, um, th- those who are not saved and those who are unbelievers, but also with those who might follow God. When the servant Elisha wakes up and looks out of the city, all he sees is his circumstances. He's not looking at God to bring him out of this. Instead he's saying, oh my goodness, what are we going to (laughs) do? There's no way out of this situation. And maybe you find yourself there today and you're in a situation or a circumstance or maybe you're struggling in a relationship and there seems to be no way out because you're focusing on your circumstance, not on the Creator. There's so many things that go on behind the scenes that we are unaware of because we're so busy looking at our circumstances. There's a picture, and I don't have it on the screen, but there's a, a picture of a man who's walking down the road, a Christian, and oh, every, everything's great is what he says. And the picture shows what's going on in the spiritual dimension of angels and demons. And it's just a great, a great picture. There is a war going on. There is a battle going on for the hearts and souls of people. And we know how the story ends. But there is a spiritual blindness that exists in the world today. There's a species of minnow-like fish, and they're called four-eyes. They're actually in Central America and South America. And the unusual trait of this fish is it has large, bulging eyes. Um, And they're so situated... Uh, on its head that it can spend its time cruising along the water with half of its eyes above the water and half of its eyes below the water. The top half of, uh, has a water lens which amounts to a set of bifocals giving him the ability to see in both. Isn't that pretty cool? How great is our God? That's the kind of discerning vision that we need. To look up and look down. To see what's going on around us but never take our eyes off of the author and perfecter of our faith off of the one who died on Calvary's cross for you and for me, off of the one who took everything and every circumstance, situation we could go through. God already knows about it, and he's in control. I love, again, the movie that we saw last night. It it just speaks, it's so powerful. It really is. And and the one part, the the lady, and I can't remember her name, is is telling the wife, Liz, and she's saying, listen, you you just got to give it to God you just got to give it to God. And when that servant went up and looked at his surroundings, he wasn't giving it to God. The Bible says in Jeremiah 5.21, Listen, you foolish and senseless people, with eyes that do not see and ears that do not hear. May we have eyes that see and ears that hear. May we listen. God's given us his word so that we don't have to be spiritually blind. Elisha tells his servant, he prays to God, and, and Elisha could see things that other people couldn't see. Right? We see that when, when he says, God, please open his eyes so that he can see what's really going on here. And then the Bible says that Elisha walks out to these Syrians and faces them head on and says, this is not the place you're looking for. Now, if you've ever seen Star Wars before, I, it kind of sounds like a Star Wars thing to me. This is not the place you are looking for. Maybe you haven't seen Star Wars. It's funny. It's funny. Thank you for those of you who laughed. Not my joke is funny. The Star Wars is funny. But, um, but it reminds me of that. This is not the place you're looking for. Follow me and I will take you where you want to go. Elisha's faith in this circumstance is absolutely astounding. I read it and I just, I can't believe it again and again. He walks out to this army that was big enough to surround the city, right, and they've come only to kill him, right, only to kill Elijah, And he walks out to the army, and he says, listen, you're in the wrong place. You're in the wrong place. God, make them blind. And Elisha's faith was so strong that he knew God was going to make them blind. And then he leads them to Samaria. Elisha knew that God had a plan. And if his plan... Involved any harm coming to Elisha, then so be it. That was in God's hands, not Elisha's. And and as I was reading this story, it continued. Elisha's faith is just amazing. He went and he led these people. He didn't only have faith that God was going to blind them, but that God was not going to allow them to see until they were inside of Samaria. He's leaving the people that were going to kill him. Can you imagine the scene and his servant that walked out and was so scared of them walking beside Elisha is probably continuing to look back. What's your faith like today? Do you believe that God is going to bring you out of your circumstances according to his will? That the God that is in control of everything is only going to allow to happen to you what he wants to allow to happen to you. Nothing happens without it going by God first. Verse 20, and they entered the city. And Elisha said, open the eyes of these men so they can see. And they opened their eyes and they looked and they were inside of Samaria. When the king of Israel saw them, he asked Elisha, shall I kill them, my father, shall I kill them? He said, do not kill them. Would you kill those you have captured with your own sword or bow? Set food and water before them so that they may eat and drink and go back to their master. So he prepared a great feast for them and after they had finished eating and drinking, he sent them away and they returned to their master. So the bands from Aram stopped raiding Israel's territory. What would you do if your enemy was within reach? What would you do if you had the opportunity to really bring the hammer down on your enemy? People that have probably killed family members of those that were in Samaria. How would you respond? To have your worst enemy in your hands, that that is one of the real tests of being a Christian when you have the opportunity to really... Give it to somebody, and you decide not to. And you decide not to. The Bible says in John 13, 34, and 35, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. How are we known as Christians? What are we known for? I think if you walk the streets of any town or city and ask people what are Christians known for, love is usually one of the last things that you will hear. Someone said there is no better example of a compassionate response to enemies than Jesus' words from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they do not understand what they're doing. But Jesus understood and he forgave them anyways. I'm sure many of you heard of the uh, shooting that happened in Orlando uh, not very long ago at the uh, Pulse nightclub. Uh, it was a gay nightclub, and a shooter came in under the name of Allah and killed 49 people, and ended up being 50 people dead with the shooter as well. Tragic, tragic scenario. There was a church, and I, I don't like to talk bad about churches, but there was a church that decided to go and protest one of the funerals of one of the young men that was killed. To say how much God hates gay people. It's desp- despicable what they did. That's not love. That's not, that's not being known by your love. That's being, by, being known by your hate. Taking advantage of, of a poor family that had just lost a loved one. And the scene of what happened at this place was there were a group of people who had angel costumes who went and they blocked this church from protesting with their signs so the family could have a little bit of time by the grave. And as they began to yell out their hatred, the group of people began to sing Amazing Grace. And amazing grace canceled out the hateful chance. Now I'm not saying that this morning that that a homosexual lifestyle is, is okay, it's sinful. We we know that. But that's not the way to respond. That's not the way to respond at all. The Bible doesn't say that we are known by whether we vote Republican or Democrat. Doesn't say we're known by our Facebook statuses or our political emails. Doesn't say that we're known by uh, your stance on gun control, right? It, we're known by our love. As Christians, we are to be known by our love. How much easier would it be for us living in a sinful world with sinful people with a sinful nature if we could just see them? Through Jesus' eyes, as people who are lost and broken, as people who need someone to love on them, to show them the truth. Elisha had the opportunity to eliminate this whole army that had come to kill him. But instead, he responds in love. Instead, he says, Listen, listen, King, here's what we should do: let's, let's feed them. <laughs> Let's feed them and send them back on their way. He didn't just say, now you're here. Listen, you're lucky. You're lucky that I spared your life. He gave them a great feast. He filled their bellies. And for those of you who like to eat, that's a good thing. He took care of them. He loved on them. He was hospitable to them, and he sent them on their way. How do you love people today? How do you treat your enemies today? Are you willing to forgive the people that hurt you? The people that have wronged you? You know, within the realm of the church, um, it's easy to put on a good Sunday face, but there are times when there are relationships within the church that are fractured. And I'm not only referring to Word of Life Chapel, I'm talking about the church in general, but there could be relationships in here too that are fractured. Are you willing to forgive someone that you feel like has wronged you? Are you willing to try and repair that relationship? War room again, a great example of a broken relationship that was brought back together through the power of prayer. Are you willing to forgive and move on? A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. As we conclude this morning, what can you do to show people that you love them? It's great to talk about it, isn't it? And it's great to say, I love you. I could tell Sarah, I love you every day. But if I don't do anything to show it, why would she believe me? Right? I could tell her I love you 30 times a day. But if I'm not showing that in my actions, then why would she believe me? What can you do to show somebody that you love them? And listen, there, there are no excuses for showing love. There just is not. God has blessed each and every one of us in different ways. Some of you might be financially. Some of you it might be with things that you're able to build or things that you're able to do. Some of you might be time. When we were going up to Niagara Falls last week. Um, we pulled up and we crossed the border and we came into Canada. And right as we crossed the border, it seemed like there was a group of homeless people and, and it was like every corner we went to, there was someone holding a sign. And, uh, you know, for the last, last two years, I would say, um, the Lord really put it on my heart that when I see someone with a sign, I try my best to help them. I usually don't, uh, we, we don't give out money. Um, even though one time I gave a Visa gift card, I don't know what I was thinking. That's the same thing as money. And uh, the guy was so happy. I t- He looked at me, can I spend this anywhere? And then I thought, oh no, <laughs> oh no. But, but I said, you know what, the Lord's got this and, and he, he knows what's going on here. Um, but we pulled up into, into Niagara Falls and uh, we, we, there was a man that was holding a sign, homeless, anything will help. And we didn't have much in our car. We didn't take much with us other than our, our clothes. And, uh, but we had a bag of chips. This was very, very, seems to be a very small thing. But when your wife's on a special diet for her headaches, and those are the only chips that she can eat, right? Those are special chips. And we brought them all the way from Halifax Giant to Canada. And we get up, and we get to this stoplight, and I see the man, and I say, Sarah, I want to give him something. I said, I don't think we have anything. I said, the chips. And she said, take them. Is that going to change his life? Probably not. (laughs) Is that going to give him a come-to-Jesus moment? Probably not. But is that a way of showing people that you love them? Absolutely. This world would be a different place if we showed people that we love them with every opportunity that we have. Now, nobody's perfect. (laughs) There are many times when I have the opportunity to show someone I love them and I miss it. Or maybe intentionally and internally I don't want to. What can you do to show people that you love them? Are you known by your love today? The same pastor that was walking, that was at the church was new to this town, and he's walking down the street, and uh, he sees a boy over there, and, and the boy's reaching as hard as he can up to try and ring this doorbell. And he's jumping, and he can't reach on his tiptoes, and he can't reach it. And the pastor thinks, well, I need to go and help this little boy. So he goes over, and he puts his arm around the little boy, and he rings the doorbell. He looks down, and he says, what now, little man? And the little boy says, now we run. (laughs) Now we run. And you know what happened? Elisha showed love. Elisha showed love to the Syrians, and the Syrians came back. They eventually ended up raiding Israel again. We see that later on in 2 Kings. And there might be times when you love on someone and you treat someone with all the love and you are helping them and it just does not seem like change is happening or it's really helping them. That's not up to you. That's between them and God, isn't it? Elisha loved on the Syrians, but the Syrians decided to betray his love. What can you do to love someone today? What can you do to be like The four eyes fish. And make sure that you're looking up while you're looking down. And what can you do to have faith to walk to an army that's there to kill you knowing that your God, the God of angels' armies, has gone before you and is right beside you. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Let's pray. Gracious God, Lord, I thank you. God, you are awesome. God, I thank you for stories like this that speak truth. Father, the examples of faith in your word. The example of Of struggle and how Elisha had the opportunity, Father, to destroy that group of his enemies, but instead responded in a love that, Father, many people cannot understand. A love that does not seem logical. Father, help us to love in a way that does not seem logical to other people. Father, Calvary does not seem logical, but you died for us anyway. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name.
1: Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Let's sing of that great God by turning to hymn number 32. Hymn number 32, How Great Thou Art.
0: We're going to sing stanzas
1: one, two, and four. One, two, and four. Let's stand together, please. i so- because we have your presence within us we are able to go from this place and love as you have loved us and so we pray Lord that we might show that great love that you've shown us on Calvary's cross show that to others this week in Jesus name we pray